And that was also a piece of why we chose to stay out of the venture funded opportunities. We felt like we wanted to grow the market the way we felt it should be and Mm -hmm. that local food should be run by local people. Welcome to the Virginia Foodie Podcast, where we lift the lid on the craft food industry and tell the stories behind the good food, good people, and good brands that you know and love. If you've ever come across a yummy food brand and wondered, how did they do that? How did they turn that recipe into a successful business? Then we've got some stories for you. Hi, foodie family. Most of you, I hope, are foodie brands, and some of you are just foodie fans. But many of you, fans and brands, found me through VA Foodie. However you got here, welcome. I started VA Foodie just over five years ago with the intention of growing an online platform that would help shoppers find and purchase locally sourced food. I had a deliberate intention to create an audience that would benefit manufacturers of sustainable packaged craft food brands, because that's my wheelhouse, helping packaged brands sell in and sell through retail and direct-to-consumer channels. But what happens when you start talking about local food and you start connecting with brands that can trace their ingredients back to the farm is that you also grow an audience of farms and farmers and farmers markets and food hubs. And the more I connected with farmers, the more I got asked to help with farm marketing. And I just never felt qualified to take that on. There's a lot more to the business of farming that I just don't feel qualified to support. And that brings me to today's guest, Amy McCann. Amy is founder and CEO of Local Food Marketplace, a tech company who's on a mission to increase the amount of food purchased and eaten locally by providing technology and services to farms and food hubs so they can sell and distribute local food to consumers, to restaurants, to grocery stores, and to institutions. You can think of their core product as the Shopify for the ag industry, and it comes with a host of plugins and modules to help farms market their brands. Most recently, they added MailChimp as an integrated marketing tool, which is a product I recommend too. Today, Amy describes how her company supports farmers with online dashboards that they can access from the field. I was right to think that farms aren't in my wheelhouse. But I'm so happy to find and share with you another resource with a common belief that eating local food is fundamental in building a more sustainable world. Hi, Amy. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, George. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for having us on. Well, I'm happy to have you here because I've kind of been following what your business is doing for a couple years. But before we get into the meat of the interview, could you give our listeners an introduction to your company and what you're doing? Absolutely. So my name is Amy McCann, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Local Food Marketplace. And we provide e-commerce software platforms to farms, farmers markets, and food hubs and have been doing that since 2009. Wow. So 2009, that's several years. What is that, about 12 years? Absolutely. Yes. So there's been a lot of technology changes in those 12 years, I guess. 
But I want to ask, like, you've gone through all of that, and then you went through the pandemic last year. And still, as we record in August of 2021, there's still fallout from a global pandemic. But I'm curious, how did that impact your business? What happened and what did you see happen in the last year? The pandemic has been a very wild ride for us, as well as our customers. And I think it's kind of been in a number of phases. So of course, the early phase in sort of March and April of 2020, there was just massive, very immediate increase in demand for our customers' products because so many folks were concerned about where they were getting their food. And it was, you know, in the early days of the pandemic before we all really understood what was going on. And so people sort of started hunkering down and really trying to shorten the chain of the product from when it's, you know, grown to when it gets onto their plates. And that created unprecedented demand for our customers' products. And in turn, it created a huge increase in demand for the kinds of software platforms that we had been providing for at that time, 11 years. So that's a technology question right there. I mean, this is an insider question, but did you have some bumps with that increased demand or were you poised to kind of manage growth in a hurry? We were forced to change our onboarding process and customer training process practically overnight. Because we were, you know, we were kind of set up to onboard, you know, 50 to 100 customers a year. And we did that in the matter of a month, in month one. And then that continued for a number of months. Yeah, it was a big change really quickly. But our customers were also experiencing similar requirements of them having to shift their sales channels. You know, a lot of them were set up to sell to higher education. Our schools were shutting down. They were set up to sell to restaurants. The restaurants, of course, many of them closed or were temporarily closed. And so they had to shift their sales channels. And likewise, we had to shift our onboarding process to handle the influx of new customers and also help our existing customers manage those shifts practically overnight. Oh my goodness. I have so many questions, but can you talk a little bit about the market you're serving? So you're serving farms, farm markets, and local food hubs. And then I touched on technology. Are most people interacting through a mobile device or do they need desktop to do it? Or I'm just curious. The system is responsively designed, so Mm -hmm. it will interact or adjust the interface to the buyer as well as the farmer, depending on whether they're on a phone, a tablet, or a computer. Mm -hmm. But like you pointed out, folks are increasingly accessing the system, both from a purchasing standpoint, as well as an updating availability from the farmer standpoint from their mobile device. So if the farmers are making updates to their product line, where can they, this is silly, I I may not know, but can they literally do this from the field or do they need to be more connected than that? They can literally do it from the field. And in fact, most farms carry their phone when they do their field walks, which is a common 
thing that farms do to kind of assess where their crops are and what's going to be coming available in the next number of days. And so they'll be updating their availability literally from the field. Oh, that's great. That's an excellent convenience and definitely dovetails in with just the way human behavior is right now. So do you offer different things to farmers than farm markets or are there different components that people would need or plug in or turn on for the program that you use? In some ways, yes. The core functionality is the same for farms as it is for food hubs and farm markets. It's just that instead of it just being for farm, it's just their products in the system and they're sending out the invoices and utilizing the system to process payment and connect with all their customers versus a farmer's market or a food hub allows all their producers to log in and update just their products and availability Mm -hmm. in the system. And so in that way, they're utilizing the system to also communicate with all of their producers and suppliers. So they're kind of using a couple of other aspects of the system that firms don't, but the core functionality is all the same. That's kind of interesting because the biggest problem that you have is like real-time demand. Like ag is so changeable, unlike maybe manufactured goods or sort of a lead time from when you can make it and then get it to the shelf in a retail environment, like a traditional brick and mortar environment. But ag products are like, as you said, you're going through your crop walk that day and okay, this is ready. (laughs) So Absolutely. And especially since most of many of the farms that are utilizing our platform are smaller. And so they're not necessarily, you know, planning production like very large industrial farms do. And so they are growing a lot of products or a lot of different items. And there's a little bit less assurity of what's going to be coming available and when. And so having that real time updating is critical for them. You mentioned that it's so it's an e-commerce platform and you've had kind of some rapid growth that kind of, I'm going to ask you, how are you funded? Are you a subscription-based service and your membership or really pays for what you're doing? Or do you have some underwriting for your program? Our company is completely funded on sales of our services that we provide to our customers. And it's been like that from the very beginning. Most yeah. companies in our space are venture funded as most tech companies are, and we chose not to go that route very specifically. Okay. So you are a small business, make it or break it, (laughs) kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. We bootstrapped our company like many farms do. Mm -hmm. We did the same thing. And we're really lucky in several ways. Just the, the skills that we had on our executive team, some great advisors, great employees and team members, a little bit of luck and a very strict adherence to our core values and what we were trying to bring to the market. And that was also a piece of why we chose to stay out of the venture funded opportunities. We felt like we wanted to grow the market the way we felt it should be and Mm -hmm. that local food should be run by local people and that the benefits of those sales should accrue to the folks doing the hard work and that Mm -hmm. their branding should be what's front and center and not us. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there was in the early days, interestingly, Uber A lot of folks ask us about that just because there's a lot of tech companies that sort of call themselves the Uber of something (laughs) because it's (laughs) so common. And they were founded just two months before us. 
we were May of 2009 and they were March of 2009, which I just learned. (laughs) I didn't realize it was that close in timing, but you know, we really felt like that model wasn't the right model for local food Mm -hmm. and felt like it was really important that the farms brands were what shined through and the folks doing that hard work. And so we you know, really focused on just serving them and connecting with those farms and farmers markets and food hubs. And, you know, and we've just had lots of success because of those great customer relationships that we've developed from the very beginning. Well, you said local food should be served by local businesses. You're in Oregon, but you reach all across the country now. Is that right? We do. Yeah. We have customers in all 50 states, I believe, Mm -hmm. that utilize our platform. Most of the folks that buy through our platform would never know that we even exist. And that's really by design. They just see that farmer's market website, et cetera, and they're making their purchases there. And it's entirely branded for Mm -hmm. those businesses. In my world, you're probably more like the Shopify of farm products where that's a platform that is used a lot, but is not branded. It's branded by the shop. Exactly. Yes. We're a niche version, (laughs) I guess, so to speak, of Shopify. Yep. Exactly. Very similarly. Well, I have some questions about that recent growth. You're a small team and you talked about onboarding all these new clients. And, you know, my perception of farm marketing, I had you here because I'm asked all the time about marketing for farms and I don't think that that's my space. I'm more on the package side. But my perception of farm marketing is that most farmers get into the business for the the work of farming, you know, growing the crops, raising livestock. And it's a labor intensive industry, but it also gives back some pretty immediate results. Like you're working and you can kind of see the results of your labor. But those people aren't necessarily inclined to think about like their marketing strategy and things like that. So when you're onboarding all these people, what challenges are you facing with them? What things do you have to do for that onboarding? Absolutely. I mean, we very much see our role as weaving together the business side of farming with the production side of farming. And you're 100% right. Most farms do not decide to have a farm because of the business side. (laughs) They're generally most interested in the production side. But of course, as we all know, both of those things are important in order to make the production side a reality for the long term. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those two pieces of the business is what we are trying to weave together to provide automation on the business side. So all the admin tasks that farms really don't like to do. I mean, do any of us really like admin tasks, I guess? (laughs) So we, to the greatest degree possible, try to automate those and make them as streamlined as possible. So that pain of managing the business is minimized. Uh And then secondarily, or, or just as important, really providing the visibility on what's happening on the business side so that they can make good decisions on the production side and make adjustments based on demand or, you know, make those customer phone calls or make those changes and where they're supplying their product or, you know, who their top customers are. Providing that kind of information and visibility is the other aspect of what we bring to the table. You have reporting tools within your platform, but then you Mm -hmm. also have training resources and things like that to help your customer base sort of 
yeah. stay on top of running a farm business, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we have an onboarding team when customers onboard onto our platform. And, you know, there's obviously in the very beginning, there's, you know, there's more onboarding that happens, but we offer those services even for our longtime customers to take advantage of. So we offer regular training and onboarding sessions, which is great for new staff. And we also offer one-on-one sessions with our onboarding team to solve just you know, almost every customer we work with does something unique that is like, well, how am I going to solve this particular situation at hand? And that's what our onboarding team does. Every single one of the folks on our onboarding team comes out of the industry. So they have domain expertise and understand because they've run farmers markets, they've run farms, they've run food hubs. And we feel like that's really important for our customer success because the folks that they're working with to leverage the technology on understand the reality of what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Oh, that's a great company culture really to have is to look for people who are specifically tied to the industry that you're serving. Absolutely. Well, what caught my attention recently was that you've added email marketing to your platform. Can you talk a little bit about the add-on and what your customers can expect to do with that? I mean, to me, that's very central to e-commerce, but it's another whole animal to wrangle. (laughs) Absolutely. So we've always enabled our customers to access all the data to very easily conduct their email marketing. But what we've done with this new direct integration with MailChimp is done a couple of things that just make that even more streamlined. So cutting out admin tasks and also Mm -hmm. helping them increase their sales. So a lot of folks now in the marketing world are trying to create automation, right? So Mm -hmm. based on customer behavior, you know, sending an email to somebody that hasn't placed an order in a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. or suggesting some products based on the things that they've already purchased that Mm -hmm. they might be interested in. So all of that data is being accrued in our platform and we're now sharing that information with their MailChimp account so that they can create smart automations to help them increase their sales in a very straightforward way. Mm -hmm. And also providing a direct integration to their storefront from their MailChimp email. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting that you selected MailChimp because that's actually my product of choice for email marketing for my emerging craft brands. And my reason behind it is because they have all the training and tools there to help someone if they're going to DIY it. And there's also a lot of resources out there if you need help customizing it. And it's also an expandable platform. And I'm just curious, did any of that weigh into your choice as well? Maybe I'm asking you to validate my choice. (laughs) No, those are really some of the top reasons that we chose that product. And many of our customers were already using it Mm -hmm. and they offer great, like you said, great training for and resources for our customers to improve their own email marketing. Mm -hmm. They offer great resources in terms of the development side of things so that we can easily integrate to their platform. And this wasn't a part of our decision-making because I learned about it after the fact. But like us, they got started a bit earlier than us. But I listened to a podcast, How I Built This, I think it's called. I don't know if you've listened to it, but I recommend it if you have a chance. 
it's a long, long ish interview, but they interviewed their CEO and they're also completely funded on sales and they've never taken investor money. And, you know, and now they're, I believe the number one email marketing system in the world. Oh my goodness. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to that episode because they're an interesting company. And I, I definitely think that they take email behavior and etiquette pretty seriously too, like privacy rules and things like that. And that's always good to partner with someone like that. Absolutely. They really have led the charge in that world. And I think it's made email marketing important for long, you know, as long as it has, despite all, you know, SMS and all sorts of other marketing opportunities, technology wise, it's continued to to keep email marketing super critical because of some of those innovations that they've made. Well, I'm just curious. So, you know, MailChimp is a product that's easily expandable. Is local food marketplace, is your platform, do you have like growth levels and things like that for your customer base? We do. We have a number of packages depending on the scale of the business and also various ways they might be operating the business. So mm-hmm. a sort of add-on plugins that they can add to the system. Mm-hmm. But we have everything from a starter package to an enterprise package and other things in between. <laughs> and then common add-ons are if they're running a CSA, uh-huh. um, we have a subscriptions add-on We have an inventory management add-on if they have a warehouse of products that they're bringing things in on on purchase orders and managing, you know, a larger warehouse of products. Those are the kinds of things we have an add-on for integrating with their QuickBooks online account and, and other things like that as well. So they can plug things in as it makes sense and as they grow their business. Well, what's next on the horizon for your business? What do you have in the pipeline or that you can share? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, we have several pretty large projects. There's one for online EBT. So SNAP, some folks call it food stamps, but basically it allows the USDA expanded opportunities to utilize their SNAP benefits online. Oh, And they've been trialing it now for a few years, but they expanded that trial last year. And so we're working on offering that payment integration for our customers as well. So they can add that on. That's really vital to get the fresh food into some underserved populations. I'm excited to hear that. So that's good. Yeah, we've, as soon as they announced the expansion, we've been working on it almost Mm -hmm. nonstop since. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty heavy lift. There's lots of requirements that USDA (laughs) provides, requires, absolutely. But we feel like both customers that utilize those benefits should have access to the same food, as well as the farms and farmers markets and food hubs that we serve should be able to easily serve those folks as well. So we're really excited about this arena and are excited that the USDA saw to expand those opportunities to smaller merchants like farms and farmers markets as well. So that's one thing. We're also going to be releasing a farmer's app specifically later this year that allows them to manage their supply, their harvest and packing operations for all their sales channels in one place. So what happened in the pandemic, of course, is many farms started selling their products in two and three and sometimes more online stores, which 
you know, we've already talked about how, you know, admin tasks are not the favorite tasks (laughs) for farms. And so this new app will enable the farms to manage their supply and what they're selling in each of those online stores, whether that online store is supported by us or supported by other systems like Square. A lot of farms use Square and, and some other, the generic platforms as well. So that's one really big thing that's coming this fall, which we're really excited about. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. The wheels of my brain are churning because inventory management is a problem I'm trying to solve for someone else. Oh, (laughs) very interesting. Okay. (laughs) Back to the podcast at hand. Are there any other tools beyond that? those two? I mean, that's a lot on your plate, but like long term for your business, what's your dream? We're staying the course of everything that we do is through the farmer lens and Mm -hmm. how we can add value and help them be more successful, increase their sales and be more efficient so that they're able to compete in our global food system and continue to serve more and more customers. And we really see the ultimate test of that is when farmers are choosing that as an occupation. Farming is a full-time job plus, of course. Mm -hmm. And our platform is enabling folks to do that. And by offering those, the savings and time, admin time, as well as those sales increases. Well, I'm so glad that I talked to you because everything you have said today has kind of underscored my mental position that I don't know nearly enough about farming to give the complete marketing advice that I can give to my niche. And so I'm so glad that you came on because I know there are a lot of people who follow us and listen to some of the things I do and they'll reach out to me and I'm like, it's just not the space I should be in. And now I have you as a place to send people and that's good for me. So thanks for that. But while I have you here, could you tell us, you know, how can people find you and what's the best way to get started with you? Absolutely. So of course, we have a web presence. Our our website is localfoodmarketplace.com. We're on all of the social media channels, Instagram and Facebook. Also, just Local Food Marketplace there as well. We have some really nice resources on our website. So if folks are just trying to get some advice about what's the best way to do online sales or Mm -hmm. how do I increase retention for my CSA customers, we have a resources section on our website where you can download some really nice guides to that, that we've done tons of interviews with our customers to kind of get really good advice for folks. And we also profile lots of different farms and farmers markets and food hubs also on our website. Mm -hmm. Those are really great ways to start learning more about ways people are marketing their business, how they're increasing their sales, what are the key levers to their sales growth. We try to do lots of profiles like that to tell the different stories because you never know what's going to resonate with folks. So those are all great resources. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for spending some time with me today and telling me about your business. It's interesting and dynamic, and I'm glad you're out there doing that. So it's been an honor to be here and really excited to be on your podcast, George. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to grow your own food brand, then click on Grow My Brand at vafoodie.com. If you're a lover of local food, then be sure to follow us. We're at VAFoodie on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Join the conversation 
and tell us about your adventures with good food, good people, and good brands.